Jesus, we thank you so much for your unchanging love. Thank you that we are prone to wonder. Uh, we are prone to leave. And yet, because of your goodness and your mercy and grace, you seek us out and you draw us back to you. And may we continue to do that this morning. Draw them back to your love and your grace and your mercy and your goodness. It's your name we pray. Amen. If you guys wouldn't mind remain standing for the reading of God's word, we're going to be in uh, Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. It says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Eric, come on up. Jesus, we thank you so much that we're able to gather together and worship you. Um, not in isolation, but together in community. Uh, we thank you that we get to sit under the preaching of the word. I pray that uh, we would see you this morning. May we uh, be drawn to you. Um, and may change happen uh, deep in our beings. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Light Church. Whether you're joining us live or online, we want to thank you guys for being part of our church gathering this morning. And we're going to continue in our series, The Rule of Life. We've been at it for four weeks. And uh, just to define rule of life, it says this. It's basically a set of practices to help guard our habits and guard or guide our lives. Let me say that again. It's a set of practices to guard our habits and guide our lives. So everything we do, whether it's our schedules, our time, our priorities, our practices, our habits, these are all shaping us into the image of Christ. We want to use this rule of life to be more like Christ, all right? We want to think like Christ. We want to pray like Jesus. We want to align our hearts and our wills with Jesus. And so the rule of life is really helping us do that. Now, these are values of our faith that describes living life with God, and we're going to continue in these practices. We've got two more weeks, and then we're going to go to our core value series. Uh, and so uh, next week and the following week, we'll be wrapping up our Rule of Life series. And so these are, again, what we see in the early church, we see the early church really do this well, okay? They pray, um, they're generous, uh, we see them in community. And so today, we're going to look at how the early church really lined their, lined their lives up in community. What they cared about, how they prayed, how they reoriented everything that they had known to loving God. And helping other people out. And really being the, being the community of believers to show people God changed their lives. And to show people that they, that they love them because of what Jesus has done in their life. And so community is one of the ways that we can point people to God. Community is one of the ways that we can show uh, the love of God, that, that he's changed us, that he is pointing us in a, in a different direction. And it's really going to be a, uh, it's really helps shape our faith. Now, Terry and I, we both come from two different uh, church backgrounds. Um, I didn't grow up going to church. Terry grew up going to church. But once we got to middle school, we were both in church. 
And um, I'm not trying to dog on Terry's church too much, but the church that she grew up in, um, you know, she was a she she grew up in a very healthy family, um, and so everything that they really learned it was very principled around the gospel. However, her her youth group uh, was something that really made her run away uh, from um, from f- from church from the youth group. She went to church, but her her youth group was really weird. All right, they were awkward. They were socially awkward. They never knew what to do with their hands. Uh, they um, they played really weird board games. They played uh, weird music. Uh, they were just someone that you just did not want to be around. And she always described her Sunday mornings like this, or Sunday evenings when they would come together, is they would have a sock war. It was like dodgeball. So they'd bring their dirty socks, they'd roll them up, and they'd play dodgeball with it like every Sunday. She's like, I'm out. Okay, I don't want that. That's not what uh, I, I, I want my life to be around. And I don't want to be... I don't, want to, I don't want my friends seeing me around these people. All right, now for me, um, I was actually attracted to community. I was attracted to the church. The reason why I went to church was because of my youth group. All right, we played sports together. I learned how to play ping pong. It was a lot of fun. We, we, we really um, built our lives around hanging out with each other. We really, everything we did was as a family and as friends. We did Bible study together. We worshiped together. We served on mission trips together. We loved spending time together. We, we had our first jobs together when we were 16. And our youth group never made us listen to Michael W. Smith or uh, Amy Grant. Okay, so that was a huge blessing. That was a huge um, plus in my youth group. That's why I went to my youth group. But we also had parents in our, in our youth group that really loved us. All right, they opened up the doors for us. You know, you're 16-year-olds. Uh, if you really want uh, to, to speak to a teenager's heart, it's, it's all with food. All right, you open up your home to them. They fed us. They wanted to know, hey, what's, what are you doing in high school? What are you going to do for college? They wanted to know about our lives, how to pray for us, how to encourage us. They even showed us really how to read the Bible and to understand more about God's plan for our lives. In fact, after high school, when I went to college, I was like, I want this. I still want to be in community. The community that I had in middle school, the community that I had in high school, I want that. And so these same kind of relationships that I had growing up, I definitely pursued them in college. And I was able to share my struggles. I was able to grow in my faith. We were able to, to really feel like we weren't judged, that we, we didn't have to be ashamed of anything, but that we came uh, and we built a relationship of love, of acceptance. And uh, these are friends uh, that I still have today. I know I've got a picture of this of my wedding, of our wedding. Um, all the people in that picture we're still friends with. All right, We all have stories. If you really want to know stories about me, ask them. They'll tell you some crazy stories about me. Uh, but we built a bond. We built a community. And that's exactly what we want at Sea Light Kansas City. We want there to be bonds and relationships that are built that will actually help us. We may not be in each other's lives now in the same city, but we want to be able to have, in, 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 in Sea Light Kansas City, we want to be able to have those communities, even when we move away, that we can still look back and say, man, those are people that I, 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 prayed, I prayed with. Those are people that I suffered with. Those are, those are people that uh, I really grew in my faith in. And so that's the picture that we want to see at Sea Light Kansas City. And so as we talk about sharing our lives, we know being around people also can be complicated. All right? Being around people is very hard. Anyone know the number one reason why missionaries leave the mission field? Any missionaries in here? I, I, I learned this. I learned this pretty quickly. The reason why people leave the mission field is because of other missionaries. It's because of other people. That's the number one reason why people leave. There's conflict. I want to do it this way. I wouldn't do it that way. I can't stand that person. And I think a lot of times in church and city groups, it could, it could look like that as well because people are sinful. We are all sinful, though. All right? We're all messy. We're broken. And so that's what makes living out on community hard. 
But I will say this, when we, when we live on community and it's done really well, it's a beautiful picture of the gospel. It is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Community done in love points people to God and it gives, it gives us the answer. When people ask, why are you like this? Why are you helping people out? Why are you feeding us? Why do you care about other people? We can point and say, it's because God, God loved me first. And we want to be in relationship with you. And we want, to be in, we want you to understand and experience the love of Christ as well. And Jesus tells us this. He says the world is going to know that we are his, his disciples by our love for each other. Jason knew that because of the script. He already, he already looked at the script. Now, anyways, but Jesus goes a step further and he commands us to also love our enemies. Um, he, he wants us to love our enemies. And that's even harder. Isn't it hard for us to even love our own like siblings or brothers and sisters? Yet alone to love our enemies. And Jesus calls us to do, to, to do that. And loving people is not easy. Loving me is not easy. Okay. For the past year, um, I also know that a lot of people have experienced a lot of different emotions. There's, there's been hard seasons of isolation maybe, depression, anxiety, or sickness. Many of us are at a point that we think we see the light at the end of the tunnel, okay? We just know if the train's coming at us or it's coming away from us, all right? Going through this season right now, uh, many of us have experienced some of these things. I know for Jason and I, our families, we've, we've cried together, we've prayed together, we've had to have honest conversations and hard conversations. But I think what keeps us moving forward is knowing that God wants us to pursue him in community, and he wants us to pursue the people around us, our family, our church body. He wants us to keep moving forward and loving on the church, on our people. And we love people, we love inviting people over to our house, our homes, or being in community together in city groups or huddles. We come together, we share stories, we get to know what's going on in people's lives. All right, we get to know what's going on in people's lives. And, the, you know, the Springers and Tina, they lead a city group uh, up in Gladstone. It's a great group to be a part of. It's, it's, I'm not in that group, but it's probably my favorite group. If I can have a favorite group, is that, is that okay? Sorry about my group. Anyways, um, but we serve and love each other to experience love uh, and, and God's goodness. And, again, we believe that it's worth it. We believe that um, Jesus left his rightful place in heaven uh, to give us life. He left, uh, he, he left heaven to come into uh, the mess of this world. And um, John 1.14 says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Now, the missionary group I worked with, they loved the, me the message version uh, of this uh, text. So I want to read this out loud too. It says this, it says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Now, if you're in the inner city, uh, you could say he moved into the hood. Okay, so that makes it really personal. When Jesus moved into the hood, he made disciples that multiplied disciples that, made, that multiplied disciples. He doesn't just leave us here to figure it out, but he wants us to not be isolated or just all together. He wants us to be able to live on mission. He wants us to be able to, to live out the truth and be able to give people the answer of why we love him and why we know him in community. So this morning we're going to explore what it looks like to live in community. We're going to look at what the early church, how they did that. We're going to describe the four areas that they really uh, did well. And just to give you guys a context of what's happening right now in Acts chapter 2, the disciples are all gathered together in the city. They're all in Jerusalem right now. Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit, Pentecost is happening. It's falling on them. Uh, Peter's preaching a message of repentance. And people are coming to faith in Christ. All right, the Holy Spirit has fallen. Uh, Pentecost has arrived, and 3,000 people have confessed their faith in Jesus and are baptized. And these believers begin to live in communion together. And so what happens on this day is a miracle, okay? Miracles don't happen very often. Seeing 3,000 people get saved does not happen every day. But because of their faith in Jesus, we are going to see four things that they do. And these are simple 
and significant to help us know how to multiply uh, and grow disciples. And this, is, this community, first of all, they were committed to teaching and learning the Bible. They wanted to know and understand the Bible. Acts 2.42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, many of these people were new converts, so that means they didn't know anything about, about God's word. They knew nothing about it. The Old Testament was, was very questionable to them. They, did, they, didn't, they didn't have any answers for that. And so it kind of reminds me, when I was first a believer, um, I realized, man, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Okay, growing up, not growing up in the church, I didn't know any of the, the Bible stories of like Daniel and Lion's Den, the patriarchs, Joseph. They, I didn't know anything about the Bible. In fact, I hate to say this, but I was watching Howard Stern. The, the, the way I learned about uh, the Old Testament, New Testament was watching Howard Stern. Okay, I didn't even learn this from my church. I learned that the, 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 there were two books in the Bible from the Howard Stern show. And so I realized I was Bible literate, and I probably, sh- I probably need to grow in that. I probably need to understand the Bible and not learn it from Howard Stern. All right, and so what I did is I began to go to Bible studies. I began to ask people, "Hey, can you can you help teach me uh, more about Scripture, knowing how to read the New Testament, knowing how to pray through that?" And so I had mentors really help teach me um, how to read and understand the Bible. And so the disciples realized the importance of the Bible and obeying Jesus was the primary goal of their ministry. I understood that if I want to know God, I want to understand um, how to live on mission. I needed to understand the Bible. And so as followers of Jesus, God is calling us to do the same thing. All right, we're here to acknowledge and know that Jesus is who he says he is. And we're to walk with him in our daily lives. All right, and so to know God and to obey him means that we should understand his word. And so that's why we write sermons out every Sunday. All right, that's why we preach and teach the word. And we actually teach it in city groups. We go deeper in huddles. We do this in community together uh, because we really want uh, to be on point. We want to understand uh, what the gospel is and how to apply it to our lives. Because uh, God's word, it shapes us. How we view, it, it shapes us into how we view God. And it also tells us how we're to live our lives. All right, so knowing God's word shapes us in how we view God and how we live our lives. So those are very important things. And so the community that was committed to teaching and learning, uh, at, so, so the community was committed to teaching and learning God's word. And I'd say like Kansas City, again, we want to be able to do that really well. We want to be committed to teaching and learning more uh, about Jesus' teachings, not just on Sundays, but also throughout the week, also every day, seven days a week. And just as the early church committed teaching and learning, we want to be able to take a book out of what, how they did it. And so these new community of believers were also committed to gathering and scattering. You guys know that's our motto. We gather on Sundays and we scatter throughout the week. Um, Acts 2.46 says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And so we have modeled our strategy around this text. As the church, we want to gather together on Sundays. We want to worship Jesus together to hear in the preaching of God's word, pray together, encourage each other, and share communion together. And then we scatter throughout our communities and homes in kitchens, sharing meals, sharing life struggles, listening to different stories, um, talk about the joys. We want to do this all around the living room and, again, the, the dining rooms, wherever that can happen. We want those relationships to happen. All right? I know driveways are a good place to do this, kids' activities, wherever it is, coffee shops. Any, any favorite coffee shops that you want to go to, we want those things to happen. And the truth is there's going to be more ministry that happens outside of Sunday mornings uh, uh, and it's going to be Monday through Saturday, which is actually good. It's a lot better to have that happen. We want to see more stories through that. And so I know in my, in my personal 
um, community, I know there's a lot of people that are struggling. Some people have lost uh, parents unexpectedly. Um, my neighbor, all their whole family came down with COVID. One of them had like kidney stones, or uh, I'm sorry, blood clots, and it was very dangerous. Could have died. Uh, we've got other families that are their their uh, youngest son has terminal cancer. People have gone through divorce. There's so many needs in our neighborhood that we see. Uh, that we actually really want to be able to come around them and any needs that we have, we want to pray for them, provide meals for them, talk to them, be in a relationship with them. And uh, we've actually done a good job of that, of just getting to know people's stories, just listening to them. But also we want to be able to give them uh, just a message of, of hope, a message of, of why we believe what we believe and, and why we want to love people the way we love people. And so being a community means, again, that we just don't come to church on Sunday but we scatter in the hood or the neighborhood, wherever you guys live at. We scatter and we love on people. We share a meal. We value their time. We, we really become friends uh, with those that are around us. Think about this. Who has been in your living room the past month? Who's been in your dining room the past month? Who has been in your driveway the past month? Who have you hung out with? I know Clay and Debbie, uh, they've been uh, coming to our church faithfully for about eight months now. They're a huge blessing. And uh, they live in the neighborhood. And one of the things that Debbie came up to me last week, she said, hey, uh, I don't know if Clay knew the idea or not, but she, uh, they had a great idea. Uh, because we're going to be going into the neighborhood and passing out uh, flyers and goodies, um, she said, hey, why don't you guys come over afterwards, and we're going to grill out, and uh, we're just going to hang out uh, outside. Uh, people are going to bring lawn chairs. We'll have food. We'll have water. We'll have chips, whatever it is you want to bring, and we're going to hang out in community. And so... We just love the fact that, that uh, they've opened up their homes uh, to, our, to our church family. And so that's what we're doing next week. I think it's going to be a great time, great opportunity to get to know other people in the church. And uh, we thank them uh, for just doing that uh, and, and being open to that. And so, again, all, the other thing, too, is if we're just coming together on a Sunday morning, and obviously it's an important morning, it's an important part of our, of, of our week, but that's all we're doing. We're missing out on so much more. All right, the past month, um, man, We've, we've been able to enjoy a lot of desserts, okay? Hannah Springer, she, she makes these easy-bake cookies. I don't know how she does it, uh, but I gain about 10 pounds after she makes it. Um, Elizabeth, she, guys, she has her snickerdoodle dessert. I always ask if she's going to bring two or three bowls of it, not just one, uh, because uh, you just can't have one bowl. You need to have at least two or three bowls of that stuff. Asia had her, gr uh, her grape salad uh, dessert last week. That was amazing. Uh, there's so many different things that people are able to bring uh, into homes, and, uh, and we just love being able to share in that. We like to share in food, but we also like to share in serious issues, people that are losing their jobs maybe, people that have lost loved ones, people that uh, are really just struggling in their faith. I mean, there's weighty issues that we have uh, that people need help in, whether it's parenting, um, whatever it is. Some people have had crises of faith, but those are areas that we're able to really come around the table, uh, enjoy some desserts, enjoy food, and be able to pray for each other and really encourage each other. And so we want to be able to invite people into that. And so the early church did a good job of that. The early church also did a great job. Uh, they sacrificed for each other, okay. They realized that there were some sacrifices that had to be made. And they wanted to be first in line to do this. So this is a fun one, all right. So there are people in the community, they had resources. And they literally sold their properties to help those in need. Now, the text isn't saying for all of us to do that today, okay. The text isn't saying everyone needs to sell their homes and give to the poor. But I will say this, these people were looking out for the interests of others and not just themselves. And so they were willing to sell their properties, they were willing to sell their resources, and they wanted to be able uh, to help other people out because Jesus had grabbed a hold of their hearts. 
Jesus grabbed a hold of their lives, and they did this with joy. Their treasure, their joy, their identity was in Jesus, and, and the Spirit of God really um, just filled their hearts, and they were able to do these things well. And so one of the, one of the statements that uh, one of our pastor friends have said is, like, one of the last things that gets converted as Christians is our wallets. Okay, the last thing that gets converted is, is, is our wallets. And so our, where our heart is, um, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. That's where God really wants to intercede. It really wants to make sure that our hearts are lined up with Jesus. And so this is a picture of the gospel. This is a picture of community living on mission. They have reoriented their hearts and they have said, Jesus, I want you. I want your kingdom and I want to bless other people as well. And so there are times in our life that we're going to be in need of help, okay? All of us are going to be in need of help, whether it's physical needs, emotional needs, financial, practical needs, whatever it is. And community is really there to help us out. Community is really there that we can actually say, hey, I need some prayer for this. And you can come to those people. You can trust them uh, with, with whatever it is. And, and they're going to help you out. Uh, Tina Barnum. Um, she's in the left corner over there. Uh, I won't make her stand up, but uh, she's living on community. She's, she's moved from her apartment, and she's living in the Northland, and uh, she's really being there as a missionary to serve the needs and also to love on the community that she's there with. And so, yeah, we can give her a little amen. Just give her a little golf clap. Um, but uh, there's going to be opportunity for us to be able to help her out. We want to be able to know, hey, do you guys need people? Do you need resources? We want to be able to help you out and really show why uh, we are the church, why we're the body. And so some of us here uh, also, uh, I'm talking about myself here, we may be embarrassed to ask for help, okay? I would rather work another 50 hours extra to be able to, to get what I need rather than ask people for help, okay? That's definitely me. I don't want to ask for help. Uh, but, um, but we also need to be able to learn that, hey, it's okay to ask for help. And if, we, if we're around other body, uh, the body of Christ, we can ask for that help. And, and I think they're going to do it with a glad heart. I think for many of us, it's, we know it's far easier to give than it is to receive. It's far easier for us to give uh, what we have than to, to ask for help. But we need to create a space in our city groups. We need to be able to create a space in our own lives uh, to be heard and share some of our needs. And uh, really be able to see how God is going to show up. And so we give because Jesus has transformed our hearts. And when we give, we do it with the right motive and the right heart. And this leads us to our last point. We see the church also is committed to prayer and praising God. Our last point we see is that the, the, the early church was committed to prayer and praising God. Uh, finishing up Acts 2.42 says, they were also committed to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so guys, we, learned to, we yearn to be a church that is humble and that we're desperately in need for the spirit of God to do a work in our church and in our community. We are, we are desperate for that. We need the spirit of God to show up. And when we pray, again, we are positioning our lives in such a way that says, God, we love you, our hearts are with you, our resources are yours. We want you to use us in that way. We want you to do a work. We want you to be present. We want the Holy Spirit to, to be filled in this community. We want to walk with you. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, a really good theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, says this about community. He has a really good point. He, he gets a little gangster in this, so hold on to your seats. He says, those who love their dream of a Christian community more than, more than the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community. Even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest, earnest, and sacrificial. It says this, God hates this wishful dreaming because it makes the dreamer proud and pretentious. That's a big word there, pretentious. Those who dream of this idolized community demand that it be fulfilled by 
by God, by others, and by themselves. They enter the community of Christians with their demands, set up their own law, and judge one another, and even God accordingly. Man, that's, that's pretty deep. You may have to take that in a, a couple more times. But basically what he's saying is that there's people that want a fairy tale community instead of a real one. They want a community that is going to meet all their needs and everyone to be like them. They want to vote like them. They want, uh, they want to be able to watch the same shows. They want to be able to uh, have people that are conservative. Uh, some people may be more liberal. They want the same kind of people, all right? And so the reality, though, is you're going to have rich people in your group. You have poor people in your group. It's not just about what we want. It's not about our desires. It's not about our comfort. It's really about loving people that are awkward, that want to play dodgeball with their dirty socks. All right, it's really about wanting to be in community with people that are not like us. And we believe that we have a family to belong to. That's, that, I mean, if some of our groups, when you look at them, like, how in the world did that happen? How are those people together? That's good, all right? That is, that's not a bad thing. Uh, we also know that community is an answer to prayer. Being in community means that we lay down our preferences for the betterment of the group. And, and we commit ourselves to that group. I, mean, I got to say that again. Community is an answer to prayer because it means that we lay down our own preferences. We lay our own preferences for the betterment of the group and commit ourselves to that group. And can you guys think about times where you grew in your faith, where you were around people that really helped you, that really spoke to you, that really invested time into you. Can you remember those times uh, that that really helped you out? And I, I think the other, the other issue, though, is there's other things that are holding us back from joining city groups. All right, there's been bad things that have happened to us. Whether, whether we've tried something in the past that we've gotten hurt. I know that's happened to me before. It may be difficult for some of us to be vulnerable. We don't, we don't want to waste, we don't have time for that. Some of us may not want to play sock, sock, sock dodgeball at Jason's house. No, um, some of us may have different preferences. All right, we, we may not like certain people, and so we don't want to be there. there maybe it, some of us are too, we're too busy. All right, community uh, is not something that's important to me. I don't have time for it. I don't like it. Uh, I'm scared. Uh, I'm, I'm just, there's just different reasons of why people wouldn't want this community. But I will say this. Community takes commitment and it takes sacrifice to do it well. All right? So we understand that community is hard. Uh, and it can be challenging. But it's hard because we're all broken people. But I think at the end of it, when we actually walk through it, we're like, man, that was actually good. That was a really good group to be a part of. And I think a lot of times I, I've gone to groups where I'm like, I do not feel like leading. I don't feel like going. But afterwards, it was like, I'm so happy I was there. Going was one of the best things that I could have done rather than being on my phone. So our sin or desires, our brokenness, again, is what makes community hard. And the truth is that community can help bring health into our lives. It, it, it really helps grow um, our spiritual lives. It helps us allow us to trust in other people, to be able to, to really be able to, to, to build a community, a network of people uh, that we are like-minded in. It really helps us understand uh, what community looks like, what the gospel is really all about, what Jesus has called us to. So now this doesn't mean that when you meet someone for the first time, you just share all your secrets. You, you, you know, you don't go through them from like an eighth grade all the way into like 32 years old. This is my deepest, darkest secrets. You don't do that the first time you meet someone, okay? They're probably not going to ask you to be back part of their group again. Uh, but there are some wounds, okay, that, that we need to be able to, to trust people in, that we need to be able to share in, that we need to be able to say, hey, here's my mess. Here, here's how I've sinned. Uh, but being a part of a community that still loves you uh, is just, is, again, it's just, a, it's just a picture of the gospel. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel. And so we invite you to join, a, 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 we invite you to join or commit to a city group. 
especially in the fall time. Uh, we're going to be talking about city groups a couple more times this fall. Uh, but we have new city groups that we'd love people to get to be a part of. We're really spread out all throughout the city. We're in Northland right now. Uh, and so uh, we've got our map set out. We're getting ready to hang it up. Uh, we can thank Chris Springer for doing that uh, for us. It's a heavy map, all right? But we're going to get that map set up. And, uh, and again, we'll have different options of where people uh, can, can really plug into. And I think, I think as we close up, here's another really important piece about the rule of life in joining a city group. Um, we really talk through what the church looks like, but there's also a broader example of, 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 of ways that we can be put into community. And uh, Jason actually gave up some good examples. Some of his rule of life would be to call his mom once a week. Okay, that's an example of how he can be disciplined and be in community. Have a date night with his wife. Uh, make sure he does at least once a month. Spend time playing board games, cool board games with his kids, fun games. Uh, once a month, have, have coffee with a friend. Um, in his rule of life, he actually has a book club. Uh, one, of, one of his uh, examples, or one of the things he wants to do is he wants to hang out with me more. Okay, so he wants to make sure he can hang out with me as well. But these are all really good uh, ways to build community and make sure that you hold yourself accountable. And uh, maybe don't overextend yourself, uh, but, uh, but, but think of realistic ways that you can be in relationship with other people in your own neighborhood, in your own community, in your own workplace. But we also, again, want to be able to drill down that aspect of community within our own church body. Because we really believe that praying together, sharing uh, the word together, being able to, to really grow in our faith uh, is really going to help us point people to Jesus. And it's really going to help us understand who God is. And so as we transition, uh, we're going to take communion. We've got one side of the communion table. Um, but uh, I just want us to remember uh, as we read Matthew 26... Uh, that we take communion in remembrance of the body and blood of Jesus. And so as we pray, I want us to be able to think about all that Christ has done for us, all that Jesus means to us. And so as you close your eyes, I'm going to read scripture here in Matthew 26. And I want us to prepare our hearts again just for what God has done and, uh, and just the, the gratefulness that we have. And so as Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, here's what he says in uh, verse 26 of chapter 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it with you, until I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Lord, we want to thank you, man, just for your word. Thank you for your truth. Um, and again, right now as we just even transition our hearts, uh, we want to know that we love you, uh, that we trust you, and we thank you that uh, we can take communion right now uh, just as, a, sacri- just as a, um, a remembrance of how you sacrificed. Your body was broken. Uh, your blood was poured out on the cross. And we take this time because it reminds us, Lord, of all that Jesus had to go through, the suffering and the love that he has for us. Jesus, you invite us and you say, Lord, you invite us in, and all we have to say is, Lord, uh, we confess you as Lord. We confess that we are sinners. And, um, and so as we examine our own hearts, may we confess Jesus as Lord. May we take this time to examine our own hearts, to confess and repent of anything uh, that we just need to confess Jesus to. And as believers, we also want to celebrate the life that Jesus has given to us to live that out. And so as we, um, tra- again, transition to communion, man, may we take this time to love Jesus, to understand what he's done for us, to thank him for what he's done for us, 
and just continue uh, to live on community, to live, to live our faith out in a way uh, that is honoring to God. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.